Message Radio. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you worldwide from MegaWare Keelguard Studios. Welcome to another episode, the August 1st edition of Bass Edge Radio. Aaron, I'm stoked. We got another great show prepared. We're going to be talking to some great anglers, and just the overall bass fishing mojo is killing it, right? It is, you know, uh, usually we find ourselves, Kurt, uh, kind of from a hangover of, of ICAST. And interestingly, right. you know, in talking with our friends there at MegaWare Keelguard, stuff has been flying off the shelves. It's not the traditional August. And of course, MegaWare Keelguard has always been a long-term partner of Bass Edge Radio since day one. First, do-it-yourself keel protector, the Flex Step, the Skate Guard, uh, all of those things that we talk about so often. Be sure to visit them at keelguard.com. And Kurt, I'm sure it's the same in your travels, but everybody that I've talked to have been talking about how busy the boat ramps how busy the lakes are things just don't seem to be normal wild times right now aaron absolutely crazy any article you see about online sales fishing license sales i'm referring to dude it's out of control record numbers the pandemic has blown up the outdoors you try to book a camping spot yeah good luck (laughs) i couldn't even buy a camper they're probably gone off the lots in every dealership in the u.s we talked about this a little bit earlier, but uh, pent up funds, folks ready to get out and do some things. The pandemic has pushed people to our industries, Aaron. They pushed this outdoor platform, hunting, fishing. It's actually really cool. We got to make sure that we can really push the envelope on how to grasp all these new users in our passion of bass fishing. Yeah, I agree. And, and certainly, you know, Kurt, we've mentioned many times those that have been impacted, you know, in this day and age, all of us probably know someone who has been impacted, whether it be financially or certainly health-wise. But I think you bring up a good point there. You know, we have an opportunity to kind of grasp and and make sure that they stay plugged into the industry because perhaps the days of of technologically our heads buried, right, in our phones or our our device, Mm -hmm. technical device, now has given us an opportunity to introduce people to the outdoors, whether it's fishing or hunting. I know just even on the hunting side, way back in April, Missouri set a record since the 40s of the most turkey tags that's being sold and it, it wow. appears that you know the new boat market the used boat market everything is strong I, I know Hayabusa with you you were telling me has set record months so yes. interesting opportunities yeah it's nothing that I would have put in the front of my radar but uh, as an angler as a user of, of all products in the sport it, it really is an exciting time and you know tournaments Usually we're starting to wind down the season in August. Maybe you got an event or two left to go. We've got a full slate. Yeah, of that's not the case. Still coming at us. Yeah, not the case at all. So uh, it's super cool. It's totally different. And uh, at some point, it's got to deflate slightly, right? I mean, there's no way that pace can keep up and uh i'm just gonna sit back continue to fish my events enjoy uh fishing some things at some different times try to enjoy the crazy scheduling that's still affecting us and uh, i assume aaron this is probably going to go on for months uh, maybe into the spring of 2021 yeah certainly um you know like i was sharing with you the schools have already announced some changes there even with my daughters you know normally because of the of the boat model change generally happens somewhere around that august i find myself 
yourself, right. you, you kind of in a lull, right, of waiting for the way my schedule works is generally just waiting for the championship that happens in fall. But now we've had some events that have been pushed back uh, into September. So now I find myself scrambling. My existing 2020 boat is gone. I'm waiting for the new one to come out, which I'm excited, the new right. Nitro Z21. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I may be borrowing. I may be driving down to Texas, Kurt, to pick yours up to use. <laughs> That'd be no problem at all. We, we can make it work. Aaron, we got some more stuff to talk about, about industry related. We're going we're gonna to touch into uh, what's been going on with the uh, ICAST, something that we haven't heard a whole lot about this year because of the whole scheduling changes. But y'all stay tuned. Aaron and I are going to be right back. First, a tip brought to us by protecttheharvest.com. This episode's protecttheharvest.com tackle tip with MLS BBT Pro, Brian Thrift. When you're talking about summertime topwater fishing, everybody wants to think big bait. But to me, summertime topwater fishing is all about a finesse topwater. And by finesse topwater, I'm talking about a smaller bait like a Demiki Depop. And the whole key to using this technique is getting the right rod reel line set up to make it work to your advantage. I use my Signature Series 6.3 Finesse Topwater Rod from Fitzgerald Rods, a Revo MGX Extreme Reel, which is designed to throw lighter baits and lighter line, which is perfect for late summertime topwater fishing. The line I use is a new topwater line from P-Line. It's a clear line. I use it in 12-pound test, and it's designed to make your topwaters work more efficiently by keeping the line on top of the water and keeping the bait from trying to dive underneath the water. The last and final tip, I always tie a loop knot on my Demiki Depop. Using this setup will allow you to throw lighter topwater baits like the Demiki Depop, make longer casts, get them underneath targets, underneath the walkways of docks, underneath the edges of bushes and overhangs, and allow you to make more accurate casts with that shorter rod and land more big fish in the summertime. Great tip, Brian. Brought to you by protecttheharvest.com. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. The Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Live Well, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. We alluded to it at the beginning of the show concerning, you know, recouping from ICAST is, is normally what we're talking about and all the new products. This year has been totally different. You know, I found myself in the past years uh, either attending or inboxes and, and correspondence being inundated with information. Uh, it's a little different this year. 
Yeah, it's way different, Aaron. ASA, American Sport Fishing Association, took everything, put it online. So you have this virtual iCast. And uh, even as an insider in the industry from that perspective, it's been tough. It's been a challenge to uh, really see some of the new things that are coming out for companies to really highlight their new products and and new availabilities that they're pushing out to consumers and, and specifically at this point, pushing out to the retailers. But typically, you have a big media aspect that goes with this, so consumers can really see what's going on. This year, not as much. I'm getting most of my information from Bass Blaster. Jay Kumar is doing a great job on Bass Blaster. If you're not signed up and you don't get his, you know, a couple times a week, you know, you get get an email in your inbox, and Jay talks about all things that are going on with the industry, but he's really been covering iCast great. If you want to get on that platform and get that couple times a week email, you can just sign up for us, send an email to BassBlaster at BassGold.com and uh, Jay Kumar will add you there. The other place, Aaron, is a retailer. Probably the biggest online retailer in bass fishing is Tackle Warehouse. They're also doing a great job with their iCast promotion, letting their consumers know what the new products are. But I really see this as a change in processes and a challenge for manufacturers to really get consumers to see the new things in 2020. We actually made a decision at Hayabusa to kind of hold some of those things back because we didn't feel like we would be able to get some of the promotion through that. So 2021 is going to be a big year for a lot of companies, and it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out and in, in the progress that, that moves forward through ICAST. Yeah, no doubt. And, um, you know, certainly we appreciate both Tackle Warehouse and Jay Kumar with Bass Blaster doing that. But like you said, Kurt, it is very odd from how that information normally flows and arrives. I just don't feel like I've been as engaged as what uh, I have been in the past years. And perhaps that's my own fault, but, you know, it just goes to show even even in the sport of fishing technology and that is, is changing a little bit in the way we do business there. Sure. So with all of that going on, we have some exciting things in the tournament world still active. And one thing that's super exciting to me is this angler we are about to talk to. I'm interested to learn more about him. If you don't know about him, you're going to know more about him here in the next, I feel like, next couple years. So y'all stay tuned. We're going to talk to an FLW Pro Circuit angler that's leading the points. We'll be right back. I'm professional angler Bradley Roy. I am FLW Tier Pro Wade Strelick. I am professional angler Marty Robinson. I am farm to feet pro angler Andy Montgomery. I'm BASS elite angler Alton Jones Jr. I'm Dave Wolak, and you're tuned in to Bass Edge Radio with Aaron and Kurt. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat, MegaWare Keel Guard? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also from MegaWare KeelGuard, SkegGuard, FlexStep Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare KeelGuard. Bass Edge Nation, we have with 
us today, an angler that you may or may not have heard of before, but my bet is you will get to know him really well in the long term. Ever since beginning his regional career, he has done nothing short of kick butt and absolutely take names. The 2019 FLW Tour Rookie of the Year and current leader of the FLW Pro Circuit Angler of the Year points race, we have with us today... Ron Nelson. Ron, thanks for being on the show with Bass Edge Radio. Yeah, guys, I'm uh, super excited to be with you this morning. It's an honor. Thank you for having me. Well, I'll second what Kurt had to say, Ron. Uh, great to have you on the show. And and the funny thing is, Ron, when uh, you know Kurt and I kind of do some pre-show, pre-interview stuff, he'll provide a description. And the quote that he used for you, Ron is just, quote, ridiculous in his fishing ability. So uh, certainly we are glad to have you here and anxious to dive off into kind of really what got you to where you are. And, you know, speaking of which, on Bass Edge, it's a lot about education and trends and ways anglers break down techniques and baits and all of those types of things. But I would like to kind of take an alternate approach and really focus in on your tournament preparation because obviously you've got something figured out and, and how that plays such an important role in your success. Up to this point, what would you say is really your most successful trait in that preparation? You know, that's actually probably one of my weakest points on tour is actually being prepared to fish at a national level. You know, it sounds kind of weird, but, you know, I'm a working man back home and fishing is still kind of my second uh, line of work. And so staying last year with Brian Thrift a little bit on the tour, you know, and rooming with him to see somebody who actually truly preps, you know, correctly, <laughs> I'm probably going to failing grade at the, uh, you know, at actual prep. You know, I would say a, a big part, though, is just mentally get prepared for an event is probably a huge part of uh, my success. You know, just mentally visualizing what you're going to face potentially in an event really helps calm the nerves when you're in that situation where you're facing constant change, whether it's the weather, the water level, you know, whatever it may be. I think the mental part of it is just huge getting kind of mentally settled down. Thinking that is always something that we have to do because we face so many uh, adverse and conditions that are constantly changing. Ron, you know, you're from Michigan. We all know one of the great tales from that state, none other than KVD. Do your roots run deep in Michigan as far as fishing locally? You know, a quick peruse of your FLW background, which I think that you've never fished any Bassmaster events. Is that correct? You've just been an FLW stalwart. Yep. Is that right? right. That is so correct. Look, that is correct. Yeah. So I was looking at some of your old stuff stuff and, and your first I think you fished four or five BFL events on the Grand River so is that what your upbringing was just kind of dabbling into in the early 2000s bass fishing or or did you do more of it that we just can't see it from those background you know oh it, it was there you, yeah you definitely don't see it, it was there <laughs> fish the team level you know back regionally here for for many years with my brother Randy and I, we just fished everything we could, you know, and had a lot of success and had a lot of fun. And it just got to uh, the point we got older and he got married as well and started having kids and his family time became more important than fishing time. And it was an right. opportunity for me to say, hey, you know, I want to broaden my horizons. I want to see more of the country when it comes to fishing styles and fishing lakes. And so that was kind of the main push behind jumping on and fishing the series events was just the sheer knowledge or desire to catch more bass, you know, you know, elsewhere and try to learn more. Because once you fish the same lakes regionally over and over and over, at some point you kind of plateau out and just kind of solve the puzzle. And it's just 
not the you know the challenge that I'm looking for. Yeah. Well, Ron, this is going to sound sarcastic, so I apologize for my brashness in this. It's not meant this way, but I'm kind of a transparent guy. You know, you brought up in that first question, part of your answer was staying with Brian Thrift of a guy that preps correctly. I would argue uh, you absolutely prep correctly and not to change anything because your statistics speak that you are doing everything right. And you also alluded to kind of the mental piece. And and we talk a lot on Bass Edge, have had him on here several times. And of course, his book, The Psychology of Exceptional Fishing by Dr. Jay McNamara, you know, which is available on BassEdge.com. We spent a lot of time on just the psychological components and the mental side. You brought up visualization, which that's one of the things. But are there other things that kind of, you know, fall into that mental prep, whether it be physical exercise, whether it be uh, other things that you're doing? Because you certainly have the fundamental pieces figured out. You know, I don't take the time to self-reflect like I probably should to really see how and why I'm where I'm at. I just kind of say, hey, I love fishing and it's, you know, it's worked this far. And, you know, I really thought a lot about myself as an angler, really. I just kind of, I know I love the sport of bass fishing. I love the mental quest to try to figure out a given lake. That's probably a big part of it, too, is just traveling the country and seeing new lakes. You know, it's a, it's a new challenge. It makes it exciting and a mental part of it because it's just, you got to understand the lake. You got to find the options that you have to fish throughout the event. So it's, it's a lot of fun. I just, I really love the mental side of the sport as yeah. far as decision making and the variables change so often. And the minute you think you have something figured out, you better be humble because more than likely that lake's going to tell you, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so do you normally go in with, uh, I, I caught him here, I caught him yesterday, you know, you know I'm in practice, you know, that's the fun part about it, you know, is, you know, just that constant chase of knowledge. Yeah, so will you go in often with kind of a, a preconceived plan in part of your, your preparation? You know, let's say you're going to a new lake, which a lot of our listeners uh, perhaps, you know, on their vacation or their time off from work or, you know, a tournament or a ch- regional championship or something that they fish, you know, is a new body of water. Will you generally try and put ideas together of what you think they might be doing or do you try and come in with a, a blank slate? Um, besides the seasonal time of year, that's my only kind of major starting point of, hey, it's, you know, either spawn or post-spawn or, you know, late summer, early fall. That's my only real preconceived idea of what I'm looking for. But other than that, I found myself to set myself up as disappointment. If you think you know what's going to go on before you get there, and then you get there and you're like, you know, you might as well not even waste your time. You might as well just get there to clean slate and really just pick it apart and look for those clues. Ron, back in 2013, the first, uh, I guess then it was probably either uh, Costa event, now it would be called Toyota Series, uh, Smith Mountain Lake. You go, uh, you know, maybe no preconceived notions and, you know, you're you're exploring and, and expanding your horizons and you walk away with a huge regional win at Smith Mountain Lake. Um, what does that do for your psyche, your confidence? Does that make you think, oh, wow, or how did that process of affect where you're at now oh it was huge i mean it was you know it was an exciting uh tournament to, to fish but for me i had never fished a highland mountain reservoir as you call it you know there was basically no right. grass now like it was rocks and wood and i'm like i felt really out of place you know first time fishing that style lake and i'm like you know i felt like i did not belong there but it, it took me a little bit of practice to kind of crack the code and once i kind of figured it out i'm like oh this is pretty neat you know once again it was something completely new completely different and to walk away with 
a victory on my first series level event definitely felt like I was in a place I belonged at a level of competition. Sure, sure. Ron, you know, I feel like, and Aaron, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just throw this out there to us in, a, in this little conversation right here. You know, Ron, it seems, has this inability to just make things on the water make sense a little faster than everybody else. As we talk about his preparation and, and uh, you know, the success that he's been able to to formulate, Ron, I just think you're really smart. I, I think that's the key, yeah. well, key element. Kurt, I think you bring up a, g- a good point, Ron, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong in saying this. I don't want to overstep my bounds, but it appears that perhaps uh, myself and, and possibly Kurt are trying to overanalyze something that doesn't need to be analyzed at all because it's it's almost like you're just kind of in the zone and you fish from instinct and perhaps, you know, that's the answer to our questions. Yeah, I think just loving the sport, you know, in general, I think uh, whether it's golf or fishing or whatever it may be, you know, if you truly love it, it becomes part of you, you know, and I think fishing is a big part of me as who I am as a person and it's just at some point you become natural with it because you do it so much and you just have such a strong passion for it so you know i appreciate the kind words you know i don't think i'm per se smarter than anybody else i just think <laughs> i really love the sport of, of bass fishing you know and if anything i'm not as smart as the rest do because i just keep on doing it and keep on doing it and you know sometimes those, those fish can really you know something so simple as a fish you know we're chasing fish you know that's right if you really step back and look at it it sounds kind of silly but uh, you know i truly love the chase i, I love the puzzle you know, it just makes it something, a constant challenge that you just never get sick of. You know, if it was easy, you know, and you would crack the code every day, it would just it'd be boring at some point. Sure. So just the, well, the constant change. And, well, you cracked more you know. often than not, so. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm really blessed to be, uh, you know, where I'm at, you know, in my career. It's been a kind of a slow career, I'd say, as far as just, but I've been real patient, you know, taking that jump. Let's dive into that a little bit. You know, you have uh, through the Northern Toyota Series and the Southern Toyota Series, I want to say from the 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, those five, six-year time frame right there, you qualify for the tour every year except for one. And um, at that point, you probably could have just made the jump at any year that you wanted to. Um, you chose to continue to fish, kind of, you know, expand some more regional outlets you started fishing the southern events as well as the the northern coasters in 2018 something happened ron nelson said this is my time and you jumped in the tour in 2019 what kind of spawned that next step or did you feel it was a comfortability did you feel like it was just your time or was it just you know maybe from a business perspective or work perspective you had now the opportunity to do that well looking you know back my track record i think like facing the northern series i think i always placed in the top 10 you yes. know ninth and above i think in aoi standings and it's just they kind of got my natural that was my natural realm you know and then you look at how i stepped out and fished the southeast division you know i had a little bit more of a roller coaster as far as have a really great tournament and then have one that you know you lose them big fish and it's just i knew i needed to learn a lot more before i was really truly ready to step out on the big stage you know as far as fishing a sad spot or you know just stuff that you don't get to fish back home mm-hmm. and so you know, I was ready to fish after that first one. I felt like, you know, it was actually a question in my mind. I just went Mountain Lake going, I'm ready for this level and ready for the next level. But just, it ultimately came down to just a family decision, you know, coming down to taking care of the home front first, 
before you chase your dream, you know. Sure. And I felt like, you know, after finishing the 18th season up, I'm like, you know what, you know, becoming an old man at some point, you feel like, you know, it's like, okay, (laughs) um, you know, I don't want this dream to, you know, just slip away. I'm ready to go chase it. And so I think the timing was right for my family and I. Well, that's awesome, Ron. Certainly you've been tearing it up. We look forward to chatting you more about your approach to tournament fishing. But first, we got a power pole down for a quick message. Bass Edge Radio. We'll be right back. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio presented in part by Mercury Marine returns with FLW Pro Angler Ron Nelson in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil high-performance marine products. Available at BassEdge.com store for free shipping on all Lucas products. And now with hand sanitizer. It works. So, Ron, you know, we we talked quite a bit in the first half of the episode about uh, more or less the mental game. Now I want to pick your brain. Do you have a fallback, a, a set style of fishing that you prefer to fish in events or something that you lean on heavily in your mental confidence? You know, I would almost say I'm a junk fisherman at some point as far as my grassroots, as far as fishing in Michigan, because where I grew up fishing was just a lot of smaller lakes, smaller rivers, and so there, you couldn't really run a pattern because the body of water wasn't big enough to run a pattern. And so you mm. kind of, you learn to fish in a foot of water, you learn to fish docks, you learn to fish you know, ledges, you learn to fish it all, kind of. And so getting up on tour, you know, it really helped me kind of be more versatile and not being just a flipper or not being just a deep guy. I felt like I could kind of jump around and fish any given situation and feel really quite comfortable at it. So that's been really helpful to where I'm at so far in my career is just to be able to to kind of, you know, junk fish, if you want to call it, but just be able to, to fish any type of way you know, that I have to fish. I mean, yes, I love to sight fish. I love the spawning phase of uh, the year, but I'm also very comfortable fishing dead center, you know, fishing super deep or fishing super shallow. You know, I don't really have a set strength besides sight fishing. I just love to, you know, catch fish, and I'll catch them any way I have to catch them. I will I admit, sli- I do I you love... you that in there, Ron, though. You said, I don't really have a set strength besides sight fishing, but <laughs> you breezed over that real quick. <laughs> so you yeah, really I mean, I don't really... <laughs> No, I really, I mean, I, I, I love being kind of fishing. I mean, yes, night fishing is, you know, it's work, it's stressful. It it's is. Very time management, you know, oriented. You've got to watch, you know, how much time you spend on a given fish. You know, I love to look at fish, you know, so it's absolutely a blast. But I also love pulling to a deep ledge and catch from every cast as well. And that just makes it, you know, feel easy sometimes you know you bet you know um as we approach tournament fishing from you know either a winning perspective or a points perspective um do you find that there's a major difference in how you look at goals for your tournaments or events or do they tend to just kind of develop through practice and i gotta tell you and let the listeners know the reason i ask this is because you've had wonderful success in your standings and in several tournament wins two uh toyota wins toyota series wins on lake champlain we talked about the one at smith mountain lake you know, your championship performances, I'm sure, have not been what you wanted them to be. So when you look at fishing from a points perspective, you've really crushed it. And when you, you know, look at the championship 
you, we all know there's no points, right? It's first or last, and, and who cares who's in between, more or less. And just everybody remembers who, who wins. And is there something that you change or something you look at differently in those styles of fishing? Oh, there is absolutely a complete difference in, in uh, the style of fishing for me as a, a decision-making. My number one goal always on fishing the tour event is to make cuts. And so I look at first goal is to you know make that top 30 cut or top 50 cut now for the super tournament and then that goal is to make that you know the, the next stage the final cut so you've got to kind of set those goals and then you know the final goal will be just to be in contention to win so whether you finish fifth or you know i think i had a fifth 11th and second so far mm-hmm. as far as my good streak and then i finished 41st on chicken Maga. and the difference on chicken Maga is just losing some big fish and just you can't you know make those cuts and lose eight pound fish Right. But it's like when it comes to a championship, you know, like fishing the Forestwood Cup first time, you know, last year was, you know, an amazing experience. And it's just, I had winning fish, you know, found. So be it the tournament, they, they left the day of the tournament, they were not there. And I decided, same thing, do I could, I could back up and kind of probably finish in the top 10, 12, 15, you know, with the other fish I had, or do I keep trying to find the winning fish? To me, a championship is about willing to strike out, willing to, you know, swing as hard as you can if you strike out I'm, I'm happy with taking that risk whereas fishing a regular tournament series you know you don't want to strike out because one bad day and you're out of contention so it almost sounds perhaps ron that there's a, a a totally different approach maybe a little more conservative perhaps throughout the course of the season and then it's you know no holds bar for the championship absolutely absolutely i mean you definitely can't win it in one day but you can definitely lose it in a day so for the, the regular season events you know you've got to kind of compound and build upon each day whereas i feel like for the championship you know you better just if you've got a risk to take you better just take that risk and you know i'm willing to take that risk yeah well one last thing before we dive off into the listener question segment here ron is you know it sounds to me like if, if we were trying to you know put together some common denominators of your success because i know as you live it it probably doesn't seem like you're doing anything different but what I'm gleaning from from what we've heard is the fact that, you know, you don't overanalyze. You're, you're kind of fishing an instinct. You're a little more conservative during regular season than what you are in the championships. Uh, are, is, is there one or two other things that, that you feel kind of set you apart from other competitors of, of why you've had the success that you've had? You know, I'd say first off, I'm a big Christian and I always start my day off with prayer. I just feel like I'm in a place in my life where I belong, and that's, you know, in fishing. And I feel like you take care of your family at home first, your wife, you know, my wife Carla at home. She's amazing. It's a team effort to have a husband like myself to go out and go fishing. It's, it takes two of us to make it work. It's not just about me. So that in mind, it just it, when I'm gone on the road and if things are at home are taken care of, it's easy for me to stay focused on the, the task of fishing. I just feel real blessed to be where I'm at right now, you know, in my career and I feel like, yeah, I've got a lot of growing to do as an angler, but I'm really happy for where I'm at. You know, this year especially has been a year of mental challenge, you know, with the COVID, with the constant schedule change. And that's where you just got to be willing to just go with whatever comes in front of you and and tackle every challenge with an open mind and be excited about it. Like, I'm excited to go to lacrosse here next. You know, really looking forward to it. Should be uh, some interesting events coming up for sure, Ron. And um, it'll be a a real kickoff to the uh, last two events of the year, man. And certainly want to see your name at the top. You've been crushing it. And uh, I feel like it's your time to take it down. (laughs) So, uh, Ron, we're going to go into the uh, Nitro Performance Bass Boat Listener Question segment. Please help us answer this question sent in by Zach Fuller. And Zach asked this, 
when fishing a lake, whether a tournament or just for fun, how do you know when to keep working an area slow or move on to the next cove or area? Million yeah, dollar question fish, right there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a million dollar question. If I'm fun fishing, you know, I'm gonna stay on until they quit biting. I'll pick it apart until they quit biting, then I'm off to the next spot to get you know to get bit again if I'm fun fishing. Now if I'm tournament fishing there's a lot of variables that are involved in what you already have in your live well, what kind of weight is a good weight for that lake. And so if I'm on a spot and I've got one or two solid fish in my live well, and I think that I can get a couple more good bites, I'll stay until I just feel like it doesn't feel right. And I might come back and, you know, a lot of times I'll just come back and revisit the spot instead of staying on it too long. You know, there's certain times where certain groups of fish just fire up. They don't bite at a certain time of day, and so you, you're wasting your time just sitting there waiting on them, waiting on them, and you're better off just leaving them and then coming back to them. That's a million-dollar question. You hate to go looking for fish if you got fish found. But at the same time, too, that's, you know, if you got fish found and you can't catch them, then it makes it, you know, real tough on, the, on your mental psyche as well. You're on a, you know, looking at your graph, and you know, these are all bass on my boat, and you're making one bite occasionally, but you're, they're not feeding. So you're just like, okay, I feel like I'm wasting my time. I'm better off rolling to the next spot where I can pull in, and they're actually wanting to bite and not trying to force them to bite. And quickly on that, Ron, when you're going to lean on them a little heavier than normal, let's say, to try and get that other bite, is it something that you're targeting using one particular bait, or often do you have, uh, you know, an arsenal of rods laying out there to where you're going to more or less saturate that spot with a variety of offerings? Yeah, I definitely always have an arsenal of rods because one day you might catch them on a draw shot, the next day they don't want to touch a draw shot, they want to spot them, they, like a jig. the next day they want, you know, and then even next hour maybe, I mean, that's where you pull into a spot, you catch them yeah, one and also they quit biting it. You're like, oh, they're just the fish are done biting. You pick up a different bait, and also they just they take off biting again. So you've got to have your tools on your deck and just be willing to rotate through and let the fish tell you what they what they want. And that's probably the biggest thing that separates a lot of the top anglers from the guys who just don't you know have an open mind. They just I caught them on this drop shot yesterday. I'm gonna keep this in my hand all day long, and that can get you in trouble, but it can also get you you know in good position some days. But I just like to have a bunch of rods, a bunch of mess up on my front deck, and you know kind of give those fish a lot of options to choose from. Yeah, kind of comes back to what you said earlier about being versatile and then the, also that instinct when you have them lying up there on the uh, front deck. A lot of times I'm sure it probably hits you out of the blue of, hey, I'm going to try this and you've probably uh, experienced it more times than not to where you followed that instinct and, and that instinct has worked and, and probably produced the finishes that you've realized up until this point. But Ron, hey, thanks for, for the great tips provided to Zach. And Zach, thank you for sending in really to all of Bass Edge listeners. We've really received some fantastic questions. But Zach, we do need one more thing from you. And that is to please log on to BassEdge.com, click the Claim Your Prize tab, fill out the information, and we will send out the Bass Edge gift directly to you. And always a reminder to Bass Edge Nation, keep firing those questions to our website, Bass edge.com or shoot them over on our social media platforms at facebook instagram and twitter well ron uh, best of luck down the stretch we uh, really appreciate you carving out some time for us to be with us on bass edge radio any final advice for our listeners Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the number one thing when you pick a sport like fishing, it's got to be fun. You make it fun, and it'll all come together in the end. If it's not fun and it's stressful and you're trying to make it happen, typically that's when the wheels fall off. And so just make it fun. Go out, catch a fish, you know, share some quality time with a friend, a family member. It's just fishing is a blessed sport, and it's a great quality time to spend with somebody. That's right. Great tip there, Ron. I really appreciate you being on the show and enjoyed chatting with you today. Look forward to obviously seeing you at this next event. Bass Edge Nation, y'all hang in there. Aaron and I will return in just a moment. 
know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Kurt, do you ever get the feeling that perhaps that interview with Ron, which was such a great interview, but, uh, you know, I, I really wasn't joking when I said perhaps we're overanalyzing this. Oh, I would agree a thousand percent. So when I set up the interview and after I got to know Ron a little bit in the parking lot there at Chickamauga, and I, I'm thinking – I could just tell he was a smart dude, you know what I mean? And uh, just, you know, you get the feeling around and you know how it is. You just pick up vibes or whatever. And um, when I say smart, I mean intellectual, you know, like sure. he's got all of his nuts and bolts tightened up and seems like he's really in the flow. And um, I thought, man, I'm, I'm going to dive in. I'm going to show the listeners this guy's got to have this sweet like – background of strategic movements that he's made and although he did don't get me wrong um and and does dude the guy just flat out instinctively catches the snot out of bass he does really what i just learned he does yeah and it's almost like trying to i i, I felt a little bit and this is to ron's credit i want to make sure that bass edge nation hears yeah. what we're saying okay. here but it's almost like trying to explain a reflex right it's like uh yeah i just do it you know i mean that's that's kind of what i take from it yeah I very well said. You know, Ron is uh, – like I said at the top of the interview, I said at the first segment, this guy is someone that's not going anywhere, man. He, he has an ability – and I'll say this too. He's hanging with Brian Thrift last year. Whether it just happens – Yeah, that doesn't hurt. Meet or infl- Dude, when you're hanging with those kind of guys, that is because, you know, that's a part of this whole process, right? I mean, you know, presidents hang out with presidents. You know what I mean? You know, football players hang out with football players. And, and in this scenario, great bass fishermen are hanging out with, with great bass fishermen. And Ron is going to be exactly where he wants to be when he wants to get there in the sport. I really honestly believe that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, great episode. Thanks uh, for putting that together and getting Ron on here. I just want to remind certainly uh, all Best Edge listeners to send in those questions. Been receiving a lot of good questions. Also, to further develop your, uh, I guess, mental reflex in the sport of fishing for perhaps people that are are just starting to tune in to Bass Edge Radio. Don't forget to go to the BassEdge.com store. Uh, The Jay McNamara, Dr. Jay McNamara, The Psychology of Exceptional Fishing book is on there. That will help you be more like all of the guys that we interview 
interview. But uh, Kurt, we are uh, at the end of our episode. I wish you best of luck in your upcoming travels and events, and I look forward to joining you again for the August 15th show, where I'm sure you will knock our socks off again with the content and a surprise guest that you've got in store. So for Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin. Be safe, everybody, and be well. So long. The Edge is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lawrence Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.